Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We all know March Madness is underway. Not only from a basketball perspective taking place now, but also a wrestling perspective. And things are going to get really crazy, not only for folks that are watching their brackets, but watching the brackets when we look at the grain. Uh, this market today finished to the upside, but we know it's been on kind of a crazy roller coaster. Many folks getting rid of their old crop for fear of prices dropping and at the same time maybe looking at it today thinking, if I'd only waited one more day. That's kind of the common thought of folks. We're going to look ahead, too, is what we're going to do with these corn and beans. We know planting is underway in the south and the cattle market. Feeders and fats are dealing with what we're seeing on the grain side of it. PJ Conrad joins us. He is with Trade Offs and I think uh, might be the best way to describe this market if we've got our own brackets going on, PJ, when we look at the way these corn and beans have been trading. Yes, we do, Susan. Uh, you know, like you said, we're wrestling with this, wrestling with these markets is no fun. And it's just been, uh, it's been a roller coaster. It's really a tale of two days. You know, yesterday, uh, some news comes out, maybe a ceasefire, et cetera. Uh, felt like a lot of pressure was off. And then it felt like last night and early this morning, reading through some comments that, uh, no, Putin doubled down, and, and the grain markets doubled down and took back yesterday's losses. And said, you know, I, there has been. It's funny in these market environments how, um, and this and this is natural human nature, and so there's nothing wrong with it. But in in this market where the last three weeks, you know, we've rallied uh, what a dollar forty dollar or so. Um, every day, it's up another twenty or thirty seems like the phone can get kind of quiet and there's some complacency, but you get that one down day, it's the, uh, oh man, is this it? Is, is this when the shoe turns and we drop back to 650 instead of 750? Nobody knows that answer. And, and honestly, you got to make small incremental sales and, and just be complete or be happy with what you sold and not try to guess what tomorrow or yesterday could bring and, Honestly, if you're looking to slow the market down, maybe throw some optionality in there to give yourself that upside, albeit buying calls right now are very expensive uh, uh, things to do. But there is opportunity there if a guy wants to part ways with a good chunk of his old crop and, and still retain ownership, too. Can you talk about this old crop? And there's a lot of concern, both corn and beans. I mean, is it something we hold on to not knowing what Mother Nature is going to throw at it this coming growing season? I've, you know, Susan, even prior to this uh, dollar run-up in the war starting, I was telling guys the whole time, we got to be active sellers as we go throughout the winter and early spring. Thought being that you're never going to, you know, whatever you want to move this summer are your gambling stocks of old crop in my mind. Because if we get past July 4th and we have a you know very nice start uh, midway through our growing season, everything looks good. Could you see that 70 cent, 80 cent pullback? Yeah, you definitely can. And that's where my fear lies more in there. And if you do get to that point, have enough sold that you're not going to be sweating it. You're always going to kick yourself. Uh, no different than these basketball games today. A lot of people fill out brackets or are betting the games, and you might be kicking yourself from the choices you make. As long as the choice you made in the moment was the you thought was the right choice, there's no reason to hindsight trade everything because it'll kill you in this market and you'll be stressed out the whole time. So let's look ahead to to this corn and this bean complex because I know that um, there is a lot of what ifs I think in this year's planting season, not only from the weather but the global happenings, uh, the demand. The corn versus bean acres, and we have a planting intentions report that'll be coming out, which I think will just make the markets that much more exciting. 
Uh, exciting is a good word for it, Susan, <laughs> because now we're <laughs> we are two weeks away, I believe, right? Two weeks away from the March 31st report, and that's always a market swinger. I mean, that sets the tone from uh, March 31st until June 30th, and that's what's printed on every balance sheet moving forward. So. It's one that I probably worry about more from the new crop standpoint. You know, old is somewhat, not want to say defined. You know, as we talk about that, we'll focus on this report in the short term. But I do think you got to get protected to a point you're happy as well. And there's no bad decision to make, right? We're at six, what forty five, give or take. The twenty day moving average sits around that six thirty type level. We went down to that yesterday, bounced off it, and came back up. And so my theory and my thought is. If you're content potentially selling, you know, five seventy-five corn and a six, and you had chance at six fifty, we can wait because also post report we could be at you know seven fifteen um, instead of six fifty. So there's a lot of moving pieces, and you start talking about report aside everything going on from fertilizer, uh, tough time getting equipment parts, you name it. If there's a hiccup. We can't afford a hiccup, and inevitably there will be on some operations, and we haven't even talked about drought yet. So the hard part is is tempering expectations, and even from my seat, and I've told a lot of clients this, and I'll say it on air, I'm, I'm not a bull or a bear typically, but my mind from risk management typically leads me to think the what-ifs to the downside. Um, right now, it's hard to find a lot of reasons why we would see a massive sell-off barring the war ending or demand destruction, but that demand destruction typically has a longer tail that doesn't show its face uh, until we get three or four or five months down the road here. Ethanol margins, are we going to remain to see those on the tight side? I think you have to. The, the wild card is what's the administration do with E15 and, and where the demand of, ga- of driving goes. You know, Historically speaking, we don't see a big change and driving no matter the gas price uh, as a whole. But where's our threshold for that? If we get to $5 gas, uh, I think, and from talking to you know, other consumers, other other humans, I think a lot of that price shows up on the grocery sh- store shelves before it hits your gas tank, because gas you have to have, you can replace your steak with a pork chop. You can replace you know, ground beef with a cheaper alternative, right? So. Unfortunately, I think a lot of that probably hits more in the grocery store, not as much uh, at the fuel pump. All right, we'll stick around, folks. More is coming up as we continue with the second half of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we understand there could be some tough decisions this spring when choosing seed for your farm. Fontenelle still has a good selection of Extendiflex soybeans with triple stack tolerance to dicamba, glyphosate, and glufosinate to handle your toughest weeds. Contact your local Fontenelle dealer about Extendiflex soybeans and ask about our locally proven corn hybrids too. Always follow IRM, grain marketing, and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label directly. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. As we continue to have a conversation this afternoon with PJ Conrad, he is with Tradeoff. So we were talking during the commercial break about a peace treaty. If everything were to come to an end tomorrow and things would try to get back to normal, normal is not something we're going to get back to anytime soon, especially with the reflection on these markets, the dollar, and what we're seeing happening with inflation. Correct, and they're all uh, independent and tied together at the same time. I think even had this war, 
not broke out, like you said, uh, we were still facing inflation. The, the key was to what degree was that going to hit the markets above, say, last summer's highs at 650 plus? Were we going to push that $7 threshold? I always thought we had a darn good chance of it, but we needed, you know, we need to kill the crop once or twice to get up to those prices. Well, we killed a different crop, not ours. And that's the underlying thing is from what I've read and understand, uh, you know, Ukraine, even if the war ended today, a lot of the infrastructure to get grain to the ports is, is very badly damaged. And also it sounds like they're going to plant a lot more, um, not necessarily corn and wheat. They will plant wheat, but maybe more um, rye, millet, smaller grains, shorter growing season. You know, even they kind of said maybe half their area will get planted. And so that would pretty much be their internal use. None of that's going to get exported. So this is going to have a tail that leads into next year. The question is, what happens with oil even too? You know, oil up another eight bucks today. Uh, 102.25 is where we're trading at now. I mean, there's just so much uh, unrest everywhere you turn. It's hard to know and hard to try to outguess it. So as a farmer or myself, no one has this crystal ball of what to do. And that's where I go back to you got to have a plan. And you, you, know, you can adjust your plan you know, mid-game, but you got to stick to that rough game plan to accomplish success. Because uh, waiting till October could mean 450 corn or it could mean 850 corn. And I guess if you're financially willing to handle that swing, more power to you. Uh, I think everyone would like to have a lot of sales, though, at 750 to 850 for sure. So let's look at the flip side of all of that. We've got our, our livestock producers who are watching the craziness within this grain complex and not only worrying about grain prices, worried about feed opportunities with the dryness going on, uh, the number of cows that are coming to slaughter. There's just a lot that's affecting this cattle market today. There is... Um, Feeders have had a decent run. I mean, they're, I would say, in a better spot than, say, fats are. You know, moving forward, the one thing, just kind of picking some things out, cattle analysts, by and large, are looking at high feedlot placements. We have currently have a record high on feed. That's probably going to drop pretty sharply here in the next few months to high corn price. And then we flip forward of, hey, there's not going to be a ton of grass available this spring. And probably a longer-term U.S. cow herd reduction, uh, mostly by the drought that's expected to continue. And I think you factor in inflation and gas prices and goes back to some of the comments earlier of where does this hit the consumer. Well, I can tell you, you know, myself too, is I prefer to have steak. It's a heck of a lot cheaper to go have, you know, chicken breasts or pork chops, et cetera. It's all agriculture. Uh, so don't shoot the messenger beef guys, but I do I do still get my steaks and don't worry. We eat a lot of ground beef. It's just you start getting to those price ranges of why, you know, trying to feed a family and everything else. And why are we doing this? And I guess that's the fear on fats, definitely, of, of where we go. There has been quite a big sell-off. Typically, when the stock market sells off, cattle do too. Um, it's followed that, and now cattle are somewhat bouncing back, and, and so has the stock market. Will this interest rate uh, hike, small as it was, it seems like everyone's kind of blown that off. But that's a whole other factor that uh, typically when we start slowly ratcheting up rates, it is followed by some sort of recession. And what's that going to do? 
uh, to the cattle prices. So what about on the hogs? I mean, everybody focuses on the on these feed prices, crude oil prices, um, the role in the marketplace for these hogs. They have been on a roller coaster within the marketing trade. And even today ended up finishing a limit down on the June contract. It's been insane. Um, you're really sharply off their, their highs, right? And that's where I was looking at um, old June up here. I had April up. You, you start thinking about all that. Hogs are just as affected. And so finishing down limit, we were put a high in yesterday and then a strong pullback today. The good news is we are holding the 20 and 10-day uh, moving averages with today's close. So tomorrow's trade will be big. If not, we're probably heading back towards buck 10 roughly. And if we break that, uh, there's not a whole lot uh, in our sales until we get down that dollar type range. All right. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? Uh, you can call us at 402-858-7529 uh, or find us at any social media at TradeOS LLC. All right. And don't forget, folks, tomorrow you can catch the guys from TradeOS on our weekly market roundup brought to you by the Nebraska Soybean Board. Now, in the meantime, these commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss and not suitable for all investors. That's been the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe for your podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.